Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. I don't know if you have these sermons that replay over years, but this is one of those sermons that have been playing in my heart and in my mind for years. God has been preaching this to me and speaking it into my spirit for years. Um, heart transfer has been one of those those things I've been anchored to for a while. I just can't get away from it. Um, but the thing is, uh, when I first had this encounter, I don't know if you've ever had like the goosebump feeling inspirational and you're just feeling it. You're like, wow, that was, oh, this is so good. And it, but but moving it from inspiration to application is such a big disconnect because inspiration is easy. It's what happens to us, right? You watch a movie, it's like <gasps> we're so good. I watched um, I watch weird movies sometimes. I'll watch a documentary <laughs> the other night. I can't believe I'm going to admit this, but I watched uh, the documentary with uh, Justin Bieber. I got Bieber fever. And at the end, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so inspired. I want to never say never. I'm never going to say never. I'm say yes to everything. I'm just go for it. And I don't know. We can have those moments of inspiration. But it's what happens to us. It's not hard to be inspired. You can hear something. You have some music come on. I don't know if you guys listen to, uh, like, instrumental stuff. But I'll just crank up the instrumental stuff and go into this world where I'm just inspired. I'm like, I can change the world. I'm painting. Um, you know, this is like, it's an amazing place to be. But moving it from being inspired to applying it to your life and making it something that you do is hard work. That's the work part because it's us putting our efforts into it and getting to the grind of making it happen. That's hard. It's hard work. And for for years, I mean, for years, I'm I'm ashamed to say this, but I'm just going to be transparent with you. For years, I had this inspiration where I was like, yes, I want I want this in my life, but it took years for me to understand it's me applying it. My prayer for us is in this this, uh, series that we're going to do, I hope you're inspired. I hope you're encouraged by it because it's it's really changed my life. But I hope more than that, this becomes a life-transforming moment where you apply this and you make it a part of your everyday life because it will absolutely change everything. It will change it all. So that's my prayer for this, is that we move from being inspired by it, because that's really good. It's good to be inspired. But moving into a, how do we apply this? How do we make it real life? Um, and, and we're talking about the heart transfer. Making his heart our heart. Making what he feels what we feel. Making what he sees what we see. I pray over my kids all the time from the time they were born uh, till, till this time. They're six and four now. And I've been praying over them every night, God, let their eyes see what you see and let their heart be filled with compassion. Break it for the things that breaks your heart. It's just been my prayer over them. God, break their heart for the things that breaks your heart. Because it's so easy to be broken for things that are about us. Anybody else selfish? I'm super selfish with my time. I'm super selfish with my thoughts. And so many times we get so caught up in us that we forget the real reason we're here. And it's not bad. I get it. I get it. There's so much to do. So much to think about. 
So much to be about. I mean, you got college to think about. You got career to think about. You got person you're going to date. If you're single, that is the top priority in your book, right? Who can I date? <laughs> you know, and you get crazy about it. You're like, yo, you single? All right, this could be something. You single? And we get not. I mean, top priority changes in every season of life. You get kids, all of a sudden, everything's about your kids. Well, where are they going to go to school? What are they going to do? What friends are they hanging out with? What are they going to be like? They make, they, they have to say thank you. You better say thank you. Be grateful, you know, and be happy too. Smile, you know, and you just, you go through life and every season is different. You go to school and you're thinking about your career. Where are you going to be? Where are you going to build? You have the rest of your life to do that. And so many times we can get so caught up in our lives that we forget the true reason we're here. And it's until we get the heart transfer where God puts his heart in us that we truly realize, wow, this is the reason I was born. This is the reason I was created. But until that happens, we can be all self-consumed and, and go through life and be very, let's be honest, frustrated. A life without knowing the true purpose is like a car that sits in a garage all of its life. It's not going anywhere. It's not living to why it was made. If it just sits, why do we make it a car? And so many times, you were created to work in the things of God. You were created to live according to your purpose. And by the way, that's why we're here. Change is all about helping people come alive to their purpose. I believe this all in my heart. If people will come alive to their purpose, all the things that are wrong with our world will start to disappear. Because if we're all alive to the reason we're here, then we won't be distracted with the things that we're not here to do. And so, but, but it all starts with empathy. We talked about empathy in marriage counseling. I don't know if you did that. If you're married, you go through the marriage counseling and you're talking to the pastor and he's talking to you all about empathy. And I really don't think I heard the word before our meetings, but empathy is stepping into someone else's shoes and feeling what they feel. Now, I didn't, I didn't really understand this uh, I remember we had two kids, and, and Ashley was uh, the majority of the caretaker, and, you know, I was out doing my thing. And, and up until the point where she left me alone with the kids for one day and night, I had no idea how hard it was to raise kids. Because I just come home from work, I'm like, babe, life's great. Why are you so tired? Come on, it's just watching kids. You're fine. Until the night she left me. And she went on a trip with the ladies. And she left me with the kids all day long. Let me tell you, can I be real with you? By 9 o'clock p.m., I was crawling to bed. Kids, no more questions. No more requests. You're not getting a single thing out of me. Just get in bed. I was so I called my wife. I'm like, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. This is so hard. I had no idea until I stepped into her shoes, and then I got it. I got it. I felt what she felt. I knew why she was so tired at night. When I come home, she's like, oh, daddy's home. Everybody go tackle him. I get it because I walked in her shoes. And until we learn how to walk in Jesus' sandals, We'll never understand the true reason of why he came and started the movement that he started thousands of years ago. Until we step into his shoes and start to feel what he feels and see what he sees 
and understand like he understands, we'll never get it. But we have to have the heart transfer. And that's having empathy. It's stepping into the shoes of Christ and saying, God, let me see like you see. Because the reality is, I will be so self-centered until I step out of myself and realize it's more than me. I'll be all consumed with me until I have this heart transfer happen. Because we're made like that. From the time you were a baby, it was all about you. My diaper's dirty. Feed me. I want to be held. I don't want to go to bed. I want to eat candy. You know, it's all about you. And it's not bad. It's just normal. But there comes a time in life where you grow up and you understand this life is not about me. It's about me coming alive to my purpose so that others can come alive to theirs. That's why Jesus came. You ever hear the story about the eagle and the, and the ducks? It says, I don't know if it's like well known. I was well known to me when I was a kid, but the census say it's not that well known. So that's cool. At Eagles, <laughs> there, was a, there was a farmer that found an eagle egg and put it in with the chickens because he thought it was a chicken egg. And so they all hatched and this eagle came out and lived with the chickens. And so all of its life, it was pecking the ground and only flying so high because all the chickens did that. And one day, an eagle soared overhead. And the eagle said, what is that? That's amazing. And Mama Chicken said, oh, that's an eagle. They're amazing. But we're not made to do that. We're made to peck the ground. We're made to fly only so high. And so the eagle never, ever lived according to what he was meant to do. He lived as a chicken. And so many times I think, are we living out the true reason we were made? Were we meant to soar? And yet here we are, pecking the ground. And God made us eagles. And yet we're settling for a life of chickens. In Mark chapter 5, I want to look at this story. And you know, the whole transfer thing, I'm sorry, this is my like ADHD just taking a little bit. But the whole thing with trading, we always trade up. Have you ever gone to a car dealership and say, hey, listen, I got this car, I want to trade it in. I want something junkier, like something like less flashy. Can I have less features? Can you just give me something that looks ratty? Like just super yuck. When people look at it, they, they need to say, ugh. Can we do that? No, we don't, right? We want to trade up. We want to trade up in our house. We don't want to get rid of our gorgeous house and go live in a shack. I mean, maybe you do if Jesus calls you to it, and that's amazing. I bow down to you. You know, that's amazing. But, hey, listen, I want to trade up. I want to trade up. And so we're always trading up. And so when you trade for the heart of God, you're trading up. You're not trading down. You're trading up. And if we'll learn that, that it's about the heart of God that we're trading up to, that we're getting this new sense of why we're here, why we're made. Mark chapter 5. I want to check this, this story out because it's the story of Jesus, and he, he comes to this land, and there's this man there that has been demon-possessed. I mean, this guy has lost his mind, lost his mind. He's naked. He's living in caves. He's eating rocks. He's barking at people. Like, this is, he's weird, just weird stuff going on. Jesus shows up on the scene, casts out the demons. This guy gets in his right frame of mind, well-dressed, transformed. 
absolutely transformed. How many are so glad that God gets rid of the demons? Woo! I love it. Gets rid of all the things that plague us and make us crazy and gets us in our right frame of mind. So the man has this amazing life transformation. I mean, God just absolutely rocks his world. You ever have that happen? Come on, you have that moment. You remember that moment when God steps in and changes everything? And all of a sudden it's like, what was I doing before? I was crazy. To think that was going to benefit me? Eating rocks and, I mean, maybe you weren't eating rocks before, but you know, there's a sense of you eating some things that weren't right and doing things that made no sense in order to get you where you need to be. And so this man, all of a sudden, he's transformed. And we find him here in the scripture. He, he's talking to Jesus and, and he says, as Jesus was getting into the boat to leave, the man who had been demon-possessed begged him to go with him. Please, Jesus. This was amazing, this transformation moment. I want to go with you. I want to do what you, you're doing. I, I want to be a part of it. And look at Jesus. This, this is his response. Jerk move Jesus. He says, Jesus did not let him go. What? Come on, Jesus. What the jazz? Here's this man. He, he gets absolutely transformed, and now he wants to go with you. And you tell him no. Does this bother anybody else? Come on, he wants to follow Jesus. He wants to go out. Isn't that what it was all about? He wants to be a by the life transforming thing. Man, I don't know if you've ever had like something really good happen to you and you just don't want to leave. Man, maybe you're part of an amazing concert. It's your favorite person ever. And they do the encore and everything. They have like two or three extra songs. And still you're like, oh, I don't want to leave. This was a, this moment was amazing. It's just, my heart is so full. You know, you ever feel that? Am I the only one? I just love it. And they're like, oh, I don't want to leave this moment. Or maybe you have a good like, like time with Jesus in the morning. And all of a sudden you get to the point like, oh, I got to get ready. I got to get showered. But man, God, I don't want to leave. This moment is amazing. Or you're on a date with your wife and it's the most amazing date or with your girlfriend or whatever. Or you're hanging out with friends. Whatever it is. And he had this moment. And he's like, Jesus, I don't want to leave. And Jesus says, no. No. Can't go with me. What does he say? He says, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. And how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis, the ten cities, and how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. Man, oh man, there's so much in here. I love it. What Jesus was telling him is, you have to move out of the moment of transformation and move into the moment of application. Because there's a moment where you get transformed. There's a moment when your life is absolutely rocked and God does something incredible in you. And you say, God, I just want to stay here. I want to do what you're doing. I want to be a part of what you're doing. And he says, hey, listen, I'm not calling you to sit comfortable in the boat any longer. I'm calling you to walk on water. I'm calling you to get out of your comfort zone and go to your own land. Now check this out. He says, own land. Did you know you have a territory that God has given you and you alone? God has called you to your land. So many times we'll hear, like, things happen in Florida and, and around the country where hurricanes are happening and all. And the first response is what? I want to go. I want to help. I want to do something. And that's great. It's, I mean, it's the heart of God. I mean, if you think about it, no matter if you love Jesus, know Jesus, whatever you think about Jesus, you have the heart of Jesus in you if you have compassion on people. So if you think about it, like everybody in the world that feels these, oh, I want to go help and all that stuff, that's the heart of God because he said he made us in his image, right? 
And no matter if we, like, accepted him as our Lord and Savior yet, it's still in us. And so that's an amazing feeling to say, God, I want to go. I want to help. What can I do? That's amazing. But God is calling you to your own land. Sometimes your biggest mission field is the, the ground you're standing on right now. And Jesus said to him, listen, I understand you want to go. You want to do something with this passion. But I'm calling you to where you are right now. And he went to the ten cities. And he started telling them all that Jesus did in him. All that Jesus did in his life. He's like, yo, I got to talk to you about this. This is amazing. It's incredible. Can I tell you your biggest weapon? Can I tell you that? Is that all right? I tell you your biggest weapon. When God transforms you and you have a heart of God in you and you start saying, oh, I want to go do something for Jesus. Do you know what your biggest weapon is? Your story. It's your experience with Jesus. It's your biggest weapon. Go ahead. Argue away that Jesus was real. Argue away that the Bible doesn't speak truth. Go ahead. Argue that. Argue theology. Argue the Ten Commandments. Argue why we did this and why we did it. Argue that away. That's fine. But you cannot take away from me my experience with Jesus. Because I once was blind, but now I see. And you're asking me all these questions I don't understand. I don't get it all, and that's fine. All I know is when I got with Jesus, I could see again. I was blind, but he changed me. And I don't know anything about the theology, the groundwork. I don't know about that. You're asking me all these questions. I don't get it. I'm not here to argue. I'm not here to talk about theology. Sometimes we get so caught up in theology. Like, well, I don't want to talk about Jesus because I have to answer questions. People start talking about things I don't understand. Right? We get too caught up in it. Hey, guess what? Let me, let me ease you a little bit. We were not called to debate. Jesus did not call us to get in some arguments about why he was real. He called us to be witnesses. You know what a witness is? Someone who tells you what they've witnessed. It's easy. Get to be an expert at what God did in you. Because that's your weapon. No one can argue your story. And he went through all of the ten cities and he started proclaiming in his land, hey, this is what God did in my life. This is how he changed me. And his heart was broken for this because God had transformed him. He transferred his heart from his heart to the heart of Christ. And all of a sudden, he couldn't get away from it. He shared with everybody. You know what the Bible says? And all the people were amazed. At the theology, did Jesus say, hey, listen, now now because you're transformed, you need to go to Bible college and learn about who I am. You need to learn the, the Ten uh, Commandments. You need to learn the 16 Fundamental Truths. No, he, he didn't. What did he say? Go tell them what I've done in your life. That's it. Go tell them what I've done in you. And if we can be experts in our stories and what we've witnessed and what we've come up to, we will be able to step into the amazing plan that God has for our life to be out of our comfort zone and into his comfort zone. There's a difference, man, when you step into the, the comfort zone of God. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 24, we're going to start. He says, I will take you out of the nations. Everybody say nations. I will take you out of the nations, and I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. Everybody say, my own land. Everybody say, my own land. Come on, you got to get some attitude, you know. My own land. Get, I will take you out 
of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. Now, he was talking to the Israelites. Israelites were in captivity. They were in a land where they didn't call the shots. For too long, you've lived in a land that you have not called the shots. You've gone with whatever everybody else is doing. You've been doing just like you've been in captivity. You've been, okay, this is what we're doing. This is the trend. I'm going to follow suit. I'm going to do this because everybody says I need to be thinking about this right now. Oh, I need to walk into this season of life because somebody told me I need to do this. And you become a robot that's going into the next season of life, and you follow suit. And he says, listen, I want to take you out of that land, out of the land of captivity, and I want to bring you into your own land. Somewhere where you come alive, where you call the shots, where it's your territory, where it's your home. You can do whatever you want in your home, but when you come into my house, my house, my rules. And in my house, we bump music. Come on, somebody. In my house, we have fun. We laugh. It's my territory. I, I, it's my home. There's a home court advantage. When you're a sports team and you play all over the world, that's fine. But when you come into your homeland where people are cheering you on, you get the momentum up, all of a sudden you have home court advantage. You can win. You can have the victory. And if we'll understand the heart of God, transfer it into us. He brings us out of captivity into our own land where we come alive to the purpose that God has called us to. He says, I'm bringing you into your own land. I will give you a new heart. Oh, I'm sorry. He said, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and, we'll, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all impurities and from all your idols, all the things you've set up before me. And see, this is the, this is the problem. A lot of times we set a lot of things in front of God. And, uh, you know, say what you want. When you get it wrong in priorities, your life won't work in priorities. And so, like, when, when you don't have God first and then everything else flows after it, you mess the whole rhythm up. But as soon as you put God out front, as soon as you put him in charge, everything else flows better. Why? Because it's the way we were designed. It's the way we were made. And so he says, I'm going to cleanse you from all that because I'm going to give, and, and this is verse 26, and this is where I want to focus on. He says, I will give you a new heart. I will give you a new heart. I will take the heart that you've had, the heart that's just following suit to everything that's going on, in your life, and I'll put a new heart in you a heart that breaks for the things that breaks my heart. Can't tell you what happened, but as soon as I dove in to this message and realized this is real life, it was when I was called to be a youth pastor at my dad's church. My dad asked me to be a youth pastor. I said, absolutely not. I don't want to be a pastor. I want to be urban ministries, and you're in the burbs. I don't want to be in the burbs. But I prayed about it, and God showed me what he sees. And I saw students self-harming themselves because the pain that they were inflicting on themselves just for a moment, just for a moment took away the pain that their parents put on them, that friends have said to them, that the ones that abuse them sexually, just for a moment, just for a moment they could take away that pain. The thoughts of suicide and, and all depression and all of this consumed me. And I'm like, wow, we have a generation that's, that's failing to see why they were born because of all the things that plagued them. And I said, God, I see it. I understand. I get it. I feel your heart. And all of a sudden, 
<laughs> man. Everywhere I went, I saw students. I'd hold back tears. I'm the weirdo. <laughs> you know, the weird old guy that walks around and I'm crying, right? Why are you crying? I feel the heart of God. His heart breaks for you. His heart breaks for you. And when we understand, when we get a new heart, when we take his heart and we make it ours, we say, God, give me your heart. Let me see what you see. Let me hear what you hear. Let me see people like you see them. And all of a sudden at my job, when I have an opportunity to share with somebody, it's not an annoyance. It's not something that's getting me away from my work. All of a sudden it becomes life because this is why I'm here. And that person is broken and hurt people hurt people. So I can see past why you're being mean and grumpy and, and, and you're just an annoying person to be around. I see past that and I see in the heart of God for you. He's broken for you. And you don't know what they've been through. And when we trade up our heart for his heart, we trade our results for his. All of a sudden, you step into the power of God. Life-changing power. The same power that changed you, now all of a sudden is in your life to change others. And it's not you. It has nothing to do with you. The only thing it has to do with you is that you're obedient to Christ. That's it. Because it's Christ through you. It's Christ through you. Don't get caught up. Don't get a big head. It's not about you. It's about Christ through you. All of a sudden, you start hearing his voice, and you start breaking for the things that he breaks for, and you start working in his results. So I saying, hey, I don't know if this means anything to you, but man, I was jacked up too. I get where you're coming from. And this is what God did in me. This is my experience. And all of a sudden, our results that don't go nowhere become his results that transforms lives. When we transfer our heart for his. This is my cell phone from college. Y'all remember these? Flip phone. Flip it open. And if you really want good signal, booyah. Sorry, I can't hear you. Oh, there you are. Mm-hmm. That's right. And you had to push A. You had to push two like three times to get C. And five, three times to get, what is that, L? I don't even remember because it's so long ago. But what we do is when we trade our heart for his, we trade our capabilities for his. All of a sudden, we got apps, touch screen. We get Bluetooth stuff, right? We get AirDrop. What? AirDrop? Mark just got an eight, and he can, like, charge without even plugging it in. What the jazz? That's cool. We trade our capabilities for his. We trade our heart for his heart. And all of a sudden, we work in a power that is not of ourselves. It's not in our own strength. The Bible says that when we're weak, he's strong. And when we're in Christ, we're a new creation. All of a sudden, he lives in us and through us. And his power is in us. I got to stop. I got to stop. But my prayer is this. That you get the heart of God inside of you. We have these cards. It's called My Five. Everybody grab them. I have the scripture on here that we preach today. And this is my prayer for you. I want you to think about five people that are in your own land. Now these five people aren't going to match my people, okay? Because I got my own land. You got your territory, I got mine. 
And it doesn't mean as much when you invite my friends, when you invite my network. That wouldn't mean as much. But when I invite my network and the people that we've connected with and, and gotten on, on that level with, it's different because it's my land. It's not yours. It's my land. And so here's my prayer for you. And I, I want us to do this as a church because I believe that there are those in our network that need what we have. It's a gift we've been given. We've come alive to our purpose. We're doing life together. We're working the power of Jesus. And there are those in our network that aren't, that don't know him. So what I want you to do is I want you to pray, God, open my eyes to see what you see. And listen, here's what will happen. Let me just fair warn you. There will be people that you've known for years that you may have thought one thought about. But as soon as you start praying this and you get into the heart of God, you will view them differently. All of a sudden, they're not just a friend. They're a person you can't wait to get to Jesus. And why? Because you care deeply. Because Jesus cares deeply. All of a sudden, it doesn't become about us. It becomes about getting people into his presence. It's like Andrew with his brother. He's like, I have to get my brother Peter here. Because if he comes to Jesus, he'll experience what I'm experiencing. So what I want you to do is I want you to pray over five people that God has in your territory. And I want you to write it down. And then I want you to set this somewhere where you see it every day. Mine's at my bedstand because I have one of those desks over there that I, you know, I lamp, whatever, and, and a book and all. I put it there so I can see it always. So when I wake up, I, I remember, oh, yeah, God put a new heart in me. Let me reach out to these people. And God, let it be more than just inviting to church. Man, that's so overdone, so overdone. It's more than that. It's a bringer. It's someone that says, hey, come with me. Experience what I'm experiencing. I love my life now. I, I'm coming alive. To, I want you to experience it. It's insane. It's amazing. It's more than that. So it's your five. So my question for you is this. Will you trade up and transfer his heart for your heart? To take on what he has. Let me warn you, you'll never be the same again. You might cry a lot more. I do. I don't cry over many things, but I cry over the things of God because his heart has absolutely broken mine. So I want us to pray. Would you grab your card? I want to pray over this because this is, this is more than just paper to me. Man, this is life change. I want to pray over these. God, we love you. And we thank you that you've called us to become experts in our story so that we can tell people about what you've done in us. I pray that you would call us to our land, to our own territory. Let us take ownership of this. And would you pray this with me? Say, Jesus, if you really mean it, say, Jesus, break my heart for the things that breaks your heart. And let my eyes see what you see. When I go to work, come on somebody, everybody knows, work ain't that place, but it's going to be now. When I go to work, God, let me see what you see. Let my heart break for the things that breaks your heart. When I go home and my kids are having that day, God, let my heart be broken for the things that breaks your heart. Let my eyes see what you see. And when I'm driving and I see that person with the sign, God, help me not to judge. Help my heart to be broken for the things that breaks your heart. Help my eyes to see what you see. 
And when my friend is sharing her heart and she's been talking for two hours and she's bawling, God, help me not to be annoyed. God, break my heart for the things that breaks your heart. Let my eyes see what you see. Let me see past what we see. And let me see into the heart of God. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.